are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I'll call it a hardware store, but I was at my favorite hardware store this week picking up something for the church. I believe I had the church truck, if I'm not mistaken. And I loaded it up and I went back in and I was paying the bill. And um, the lady, she's uh, my age, maybe a little bit older, and she spoke with a heavy accent, a Caucasian lady. And I I said to her, ma'am, I passed her a gospel track. And I said, ma'am, may I ask, where are you from originally? And she said, well, where would you guess? Well, I've never been to Germany, but my family's from Germany. And so I guess, I said, I, I think you're from Germany. Oh, no, no. I said, then it's Austria. And she said, no, no. And she told me where she was from. And, uh, but she said, I didn't grow up there. I was born there, but I've never grown up there. And so I left after several years. I was a young child with my parents. And we moved away, and we've been here, but I carried my heavy accent because of my family, apparently. But she said, recently I went to my homeland and she said, I was so amazed. I've never seen anything like this. She said, my people, my country, where we're from, I discovered that they had great heritage. They were attached to the heritage. It was like It was like everything in that country was about heritage. She said it was so inspiring because it was all about tradition. I knew what I was preaching tonight. And you can say what you want. She's an unsaved woman, but God used her to authenticate in my heart where we're at because she was overwhelmed at tradition. I love tradition. I am so sick and tired of this new wave that's coming to our country and coming to our churches. And I promise you this, I've lived long enough, this is not new. This this millennial stuff coming into our churches, this worship and praise team stuff, this rock and roll stuff coming in, it's nothing new. We think, well, I've discovered something new. No, prior to you uh, was, whatever they call the movement now, was the emergent church, and prior to that was the contemporary church, and prior to that was the new evangelical church, 1948 on, and prior to that was the uh, was um, neo-orthodoxy, and prior to that was um, what was modernism, and prior to that was liberalism. It just it's never changed. You read any history book, and it comes from liberalism and modernism and orthodoxy and new new orthodoxy or neo-orthodoxy and evangelicalism and new evangelicalism, new neo, new standard, uh, orthodoxy standard, a new standard, a new direction. But every generation has to fight it. I believe truly God doesn't expect us to change nor want us. Jesus Christ the same. Yesterday, today, forever. Sun comes up, sun sets down. Well, I don't believe that. I think we're gonna do something else. I know, I know the Pope said that we are responsible for climate change. But sir, you're wrong. 
my Bible says, Job tells us that God sends the sun, God sends the harvest, uh, the, the, the heart, the, the hail, God sends the frost, God sends the snow. Man, puny man, does not change the weather. Now, if you think that, give us some rain. Because we haven't had a drop since early January. And next is coming rationing. So if you can change the weather and you have that capability, do it next Thursday after the conference. (laughs) My Bible says in verse 15, therefore, what's the next word? Who's he writing to? Christians. Christians. Therefore, brethren, therefore, brethren, stand fast. Stand fast. Get anchored. Not every wind of doctrine, every new philosophy that comes by, every new issue that comes by. Stand fast, Christian. Then he says, the next word is what? Hold. Put a tight grip on it. Not a loose grip. Put a tight grip on it. Stand. Anchor yourself. Get spinning in. Concrete in. And then hold people, people who will not stand will never hold. The young preachers that are watching, perhaps young preachers here, and I don't know, looks like most of you old fogies here, my age are older, so you must be old guys. But as a Christian, as ministers of the gospel, and as God's people, we're gonna have to stand for something. I ask, I ask our people, when's the last time you fought for anything? When's the last time you stand and said, I shall not be, I shall not be moved? Well, I don't believe in that. Dear pastor that's watching, and I know you are because there's people that critique all this this week. And as you critique it, let me just ask you, when was the last time you stood for anything? When's the last time you stood for the virgin birth, the deity of Christ, the King James Bible? When's the last time you stood for separation and holiness and named it what it was all about? When's the last time you stood for Jesus Christ and he is the only way to salvation? And when's the last time you said, it's not a Buddha way, it's not a Muhammad way, it's a Bible way through Jesus Christ? So I can't say that. I'll just say salvation is so great, it's so wonderful. When was the last time you took a stand? I mean, now let's stand for something. And they said, I want you to stand. And I want you to hold. Now here it is. The what? The traditions. A tradition is something that is passed from one generation to the next. This generation passes it to this generation. Uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, generational Christianity, generational Bible, generational hymn books, generational I love the old Bible, generational convictions. When was the last time you realized that something's been deposited in your account? You kids that go to Christian school, you're so blessed. You kids that are even homeschool, you're blessed. When's the last time you thank God 
for what your mother and your dad and your homeschool passed to you or your Christian school, or is it the first time you get out of school and you graduate, you just dump it all and cast it all off? You're foolish. You're gonna raise a generation of hellions with your kids. You're gonna have to stand for something. So sad as I crisscross this country and preach that most adults that are still in church have grown kids, many that have erred from the faith and walked away from mother and dad and that the fellowship of family is no longer there. So glad to the day my mother and dad both died this month. I'm so very grateful when they died, I still had a love and a devotion for my parents. I still wanted to respect what they handed to me. I still tried to guard what they handed to me. There's something about heritage and there's something about when it says tradition and the tradition is one that's passed down from one generation to another. We'll look at the verse. Wherefore, therefore, brethren, Christians, stand fast, hold the traditions which ye have been taught. Which ye have been taught. Traditions. And notice what he says, whether by twofold word or epistle, whether it be epistle, the written page or the preaching page, someone teaches us this is what we believe. Tonight, I'm asking you in these last hours and moments before Jesus comes again, will you hold the traditions Will you hold some things in this shifting sand of society? I cannot believe, I cannot believe we have people running for president and boasted that I'm a socialist. Socialist is a cousin to communism. Socialism and communism says that you don't have individual rights by the way which are in the Bible and individual responsibility. The government will take care of everything. Of course, you won't own land because in communist countries, you don't own land. You won't own land, you won't have personal ownership and your paycheck will be redistributed but communism, oh, hey, if it's working so much, why are people not trying to get through the Great Wall to get in China? Why are they not trying to get in Mr. Putin's country? Why are they not breaking down the doors to get in Venezuela, perhaps the richest potential country in the world with their oil reserves and they're bankrupt and they're starving because socialism doesn't work. And a foolish man is running all over this country and the entire party stands with them. Says we are, we're okay with this. Why are so many young people falling into that? because the last 60 years of our education system in this country, we've taught them things like, you don't have to stand for that flag. Oh, I can remember not very far from here, 15 minutes where we start in kindergarten and every morning of my life, all the way through 12th grade and high school, we would stand and said, I pledge allegiance to the flag. And everybody stood in public school, 2,500 st students, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. This is a great country and it deserves our respect 
flag that's been passed down. Men and women have died for that flag. And we've got some puny little man walking around and say, Americanism is not the answer. We need to borrow from other countries this socialism. Socialism, which means welfare. Hold on to your seatbelts here. Which means national health care. You do not want the government taking charge of your body. What, what, what are you, how, how foolish can we get? So now, even one candidate says, you get older, you know, you're not gonna get all the health care under our program because, you know, really you're a drain on society. So we wanna get rid of all the old people. We've already got rid of the babies. Now we're getting get rid of the old people. The whole thing believes in euthanasia. Let's kill people. Let them kill themselves. Or let the government help you kill yourself. What a foolish state we live in. That's not the tradition of America. America is life, life, number one, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. America was founded upon life, why? Because Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. He's not about death. So these clowns run around talking about abortion. We believe even at birth, a woman ought to have the right to decide after that baby comes. Do you want it? Or you want to get rid of it? That's called killing. And a nation that will kill a baby is a nation that's lost their sanctity of life. They lost the sacredness that God, there's been some things passed down. We got married and we got married if we were gonna have a child in that first year, it would have been against the law because abortion wasn't legal. But now, assisted suicide of babies in a mother's womb should be the safest place in all the world. You can kill a baby now. And you can be lauded, and we'll give you money to help you. It's a tragic day when assisted suicide. It's a sad day when a man stands up and says, we believe we'll pay for all your education, your past bills and your college bills. That's not Bible. If a man will not work, he should not eat. You think you're gonna create an environment where young people have a work ethic if they don't have to pay for it and work for it? I salute the young people of Golden State Baptist College. They get up early. They go to class all day. They go to chapel every day at 11. They go to another class and at one o'clock they eat lunch and they take a bag of lunch with them and they leave in their cars and they all go to work and most are working 40 hours a week and they leave here in May when they graduate without owing a college dime. Not a dime. They paid their bill every month. They've learned their character of not calling in, and, but you crawl into work and you get to work and you work your job and they're clawing for our students. These places will tell me all the time, you have more students, we need more of your kids. Why, because they could pass the drug test. And they show up to work, and they work. That's why at graduation, so many of the bosses and employers and corporations will be here because they love what our kids do. We used to have, Dr. Nikolai, you had a big job fair. Your base, we don't need it anymore. They're coming to us saying, give us some more kids. They've taught, they've been learned, they've been taught to work. I think of sodomy. Sodomy is blasphemy against a holy God. 
Do you realize that we potentially could have a man who I guess is the wife in the relationship because he refers to his husband when he's kissing his husband. So I guess the president will be the first lady who's a man who's not a man. And that's the example we wanna set before our kids. God created Adam and Eve. Male and female created he them. We have stopped the tradition of handing one down and I think about this great uh, a court, uh, this great constitution. We, we stopped thinking about the constitution. The constitution's under attack. The Bill of Rights, the Federalist Papers. If we have a working knowledge of the Federalist paper, Papers which were ground, uh, they were the groundwork for the constitution of the United States. They were a hand in a glove. We need to know about this country. We need to know about the Mayflower Compact when they brought their King James Bibles and they made an oath together that they came to worship God. The pilgrims that came here, the Puritans that came here. We were not, bound, we were not founded on sodomy and of course consequently they say, well, a bunch of white European men destroyed this country. We now need to pay back everybody for the wrong we have done. Oh, then give us back our electricity because we invented it. And give us back our planes, the Wright brothers invented it. And give us back our cars because they were invented here. And give us back our internet because Mr. Gore created that as well. <laughs> I believe in tradition. I believe that God says you're to stand and take a hold and a grip on tradition something that's been passed down, whether it's written in the Bible or whether it's vocalized, well, well, prove it. A lot of things I can't prove in life, but because of our heritage and tradition, we do it. Prove to me in the Bible that you can hold a door for a woman when she goes out. But that's been passed down. My dad taught me that. And my dad taught, son, you always hold the door for a woman. Uh, show me. Show me, what, and I know the king, Solomon, stood when his mother came into his throne room. But show me, by the way, she also stood when she saw the king. But show me where you stand when a woman comes in the room. You don't, you don't find that in word, in, in the epistle necessarily. Where did Paul say you stand when a woman comes in a room? But we do. Where is it in the Bible that you shut the lights off when you go to bed at night? Can you see a mother or dad correcting a son? You left the light bulb on. You know what the word of God says about this? Scripture and verse. Where in the Bible does it say you're foolish if you drive a Ford? It's called GM, God made. I can't prove a lot of things. You say, well, give me a scripture. And that's the big thing. Give me scripture and verse. Give me scripture and verse. I need scripture and verse on that. You're not going to prove scripture and verse on everything. You go see your doctor and he says you have cancer. Give me a scripture and verse about his prescription he's going to give you. We're going to have surgery this week. We're going to remove a tumor. And then we're gonna start 
We're, we're gonna begin a process of trying to get you well. Give me some Bible on that. Give me a, some Bible on tonsillectomy. Give me a scripture verse on the uh, appendectomy when it bursts. Give, give me a scripture on that. Give me a scripture where a man's supposed to have hair. There's such a thing as tradition. And I want to go on record, and I know you believe the same. I'm going to love everyone. I'm going to be kind to everyone. I'm going to be gracious to people. But I have no desire to walk with people who want to reject tradition. Amen. I don't want the songbook. Well, I'll shake your hand. I'm not going to have lunch with you. I'll be nice to you, I'll be polite to you, but I, 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 it, people want to attack. What, why do you have to have a choir? What, why do you have a choir? Well, there's going to be one in heaven, but nonetheless, why do you have a choir? What, why, why do, you, why, why do you, you have a psalm book? Well, you have one yourself in your Bible. The book of Psalms is a psalm book. I want you to know that if we're not careful, we're gonna to try to distance ourselves and you sweet young millennials, don't try to distance yourself from heritage. Don't try to walk away from heritage. Heritage is a good thing. Just give me some Bible on decorating your house for Christmas. Oh, I tell you, there's so many of us live nearby here and we have a campaign, we decorate the house and all of us are involved with it except for Brother Moyer, he is the Scrooge of Scrooge. <laughs> but he put two little strands out this year and his daughter Megan put some candy cane on the walkway and Jenny, God bless you, she really got involved. She put a wreath on the door. Next year, I'm loading up a shuttle bus and we're gonna go bombard that place with decorations. <laughs> Give me some scripture that you should do that. Give me some scripture you should not do it. We used to have a visit with the pastor, a question and answer time, and a lady stood and uh, she was rather new in her church and her, her sweet little six foot four husband stood, sat right next to her and she stood up and she was really indignant and she said, why in the world we have a Christmas tree out here? Why, why do we celebrate Christmas in this church? We decorate houses, why do we do that? I'll never forget it was the Lord that gave me the answer. I said, because my parents were normal. <laughs> Next question please, that's all I said. You people get these nutty new ideas. I tell you, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Did you notice all the snow out here this year? Well, maybe not snow. There's nothing wrong with tradition. I can't wait till this message gets on the internet. It's gonna be a good one. Young millennials, don't try to distance yourself from heritage, from tradition. Cain did. I, I, I don't, I, the, 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 the tradition, the heritage, and it had been taught by word that there was gonna be a blood sacrifice. But Cain said, I don't like it that way. I'm gonna do it my way. I'm gonna have the fruit of my hand, but God says that's not the way we do things. 
You know, Esau, and you go to the, you won't t- t- take the time, and I won't take the time to turn you there, but, but Esau, mother and dad said, I don't want you to marry a girl from this, old, this crowd over here. But he saw it displeased his parents. That's exactly what he did. He rejected the tradition of his mother and dad. If mother and dad, and especially mother, and if she's normal, not narcissistic. I'd listen to your mother. If you're narcissistic, here's what you do to our boys in college. You say, okay, I'll let you start to talk twice a week. And, and you do that for three months, and then I'll let you do, and you get over here to two months, and then you move the goalpost. That's not fair to these young boys. Tell them up front what you expect. And stop moving the door. Uh, uh, you get girls all the way down, it's about time to get engaged, and, and then the rules change again. Got quiet on that one, glad for that. I must have touched a nerve there. You know, if we had time, I'd take you to Exodus chapter 32. Moses is on the mountain getting the law from God. And he left in charge his brother, Aaron. And as soon as he left, the people began to change their music and it was a noise, the Bible said. And then they stripped their clothes off, they became naked, their dress standard changed. And then their worship changed, they worshiped a calf. And why is it that, we, we, what, what's so wrong with Sunday school? Everyone's got to have a connection group or something. What's so wrong with teaching the Bible? What's so wrong with your son or daughter going to a Sunday school class and learning about the Bible and learning, I will make you fishers of men and deep and wide and only a boy named David? And what's so wrong? What's so wrong with learning the story of Goliath? And what's so wrong about kids singing children's songs and learning how to give and learning how to pray and learning how to get on time to Sunday school? And listen, and then mother and dad said, what'd you learn? And they say, our story was about this today. Our lesson was about this today. But in Exodus 32, they changed their music. I'm watching our music change, it scares me to death. So much of our music is storytelling. And we have some nightclub introduction. Music gets to the theme immediately. There's a dominant chord. In music, there's always a dominant note. It's built on a triad. It's amazing that so much in our society and world is on a triad. Even stoplights is a triad in life. You'll see it so much. And God gave us music, and music is built on a triad. And you say, well, I thought it was four-part harmony. The bass part is just basically at a different octave, the same note of the alto or another part, just an octave lower. God has created music to create harmony in our hearts. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, that's Bible-based music. Music like blessed is that, blessed, that's a Bible word, assurance, Jesus is mine. You get to the theme, when I survey the wondrous cross, a mighty fortress is our God. Fairest Lord Jesus, all hail the power of Jesus' name. Great is thy faith. That's an entire scripture verse, Lamentations. This is the day the Lord hath made. Great is the Lord and greatly to praise. This is Psalm 48. That's Bible. Speaking to yourselves in Psalms, there ought to be Bible words like blood. 
like the word church, like the word savior, like the word Christ, like the word promises. Speaking yourselves in psalms and hymns. That's a song that speaks of the majesty of God. I sang the mighty power of God that made the mountains rise. Crown him with many crowds when morning gilds the sky. May Jesus Christ be praised. Speaking yourselves in psalms, not contemporary rock and roll. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. They need to be spiritual. And so we start with these little nightclub introductions. You don't know where they're going. You have no idea. The vocalists have no idea either. They give us this little smoke-filled, it feels like, entertainment at a guy at a bar playing the piano. And then we start speaking all about ourselves and our, who we are and our our situations in life, and then we plug in Jesus. Or we plug in the maker. Or we plug in, not necessarily God, but this one will, he'll see me through. We need to be careful. My whole, my wife and I, our entire life has been spent here trying to get the next generation ready. We want the next generation to keep this thing going. A man said to me this week, and it blessed my heart so much, and he said, God forbid that anything happens to you, and by the grace of God, you've got more years. But he said, Pastor, and he began to talk about how we have so many men in our church now and, our, and out of our ministry and in this youth group right now, high school and college, that, that, that are being prepared to keep this thing going the same way as it started. You be careful about some guy that comes in here and wants to change everything. That change did not build what God has done here. Don't let him tinker with everything. I think we'll stop Wednesday. The big thing I hear, we're stopping Wednesday night because it causes the family to be dysfunctional. And we're definitely stopping soul winning on Tuesday night, Thursday night, whatever you go, because it, it hurts the family. And we're not having the Sunday school right before a morning service. We'll have a connection group. You know, it's been working pretty good here, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And I don't see a lot of our churches exploding with all this nonsense that we're doing and reaching people that are going out door to door and knocking on doors and winning people and seeing that the house of God is filled. You're hard pressed to go to any city and find a bus running anymore. Back in the 60s and 70s, we could not buy buses from the city all over this country because Baptists and Methodists and Presbyterians and also Nazarenes and Assembly of Gods, the joy buses, they were buying buses everywhere from schools and running those buses all over their cities to bring people into their church. But not now. You know those boys and girls that came this morning? We brought the fourth, fifth, and sixth part of the bus ministry over here last week and we brought the uh, C high school bus kids over here and the B high school kids over here. You've never had me see me one time ever had a call down one child or one teenager and one gang member, not one time. They love this place. They love this place and they fill that place. 
And I'm telling you, I'm so thrilling, Brother Evan, I watched them come over here wherever you went right there. I watched the bus teens come over here and they love it and they sit and they'll wave at me and they'll smile at me and I'll go up there to shake hands and they're always so gracious to me. I know they're not independent soul when he separated all this stuff. I know they're being raised, not all of them, but most of them in homes that are so fragmented, it's such a mess, not all but some, most. But Brother Skirty, thank God for you and thank God for 40 years as a superintendent, as a layman, and Brother Manley over 40 years as a superintendent, and Brother Kerry over 40 years as a superintendent. You've taken that, that you created an environment that's tradition over there. Why are these kids listen? Because last year's kids and the year before and the decade before and I could bring Brother Manley's group over here. I could bring Brother Skirty's group over here. We can bring Brother Evan's group over here, Brother Ron's group over here, Brother Carrie's group over here and they would listen. And they'd respond. I get pictures I think every week from the bus teenagers, the uh, preacher over there and here's these kids and they're kneeling at the altar. They know what it is to use an altar. And then I got guys writing books about why we don't need altars. Well, you may not need them in your church, but thank God we got teenagers that are coming to the altar. There's something about tradition. I think today is, I'm gonna have to, I'm I'm just in my introduction. Let's go to Jeremiah 2, and I'll wrap it up here. How sad it is that we don't sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs and singing, making melody, that is harmony, that music has to be based on harmony. How bad, sad is we don't preach on separation anymore. Men, men dress like men. No dresses and high heels, men. Wear men's clothes. And stop the little Shirley Temple haircuts. And then to plump on top. You say, well, Bible. I don't have any Bible, but I've seen that look. And it's not ever on a real man. Now, it may be here, but it's because we've been influenced. Our, our, our culture has been both men's and women's attire and hairdos. And I've seen men with nail polish. Makeup. You know who's supposed to hold the line here, ladies and gentlemen? I'm not worried about the Democrats or the Republicans as much. I'm worried about the church. There needs to be a banner, a place that holds the banner high. The old time way. There you go. And I can't wait because this is a big key right now. There they talk about old time religion again. Thank God we're talking about old time religion. Better than that new time stuff. Jeremiah chapter two. As you turn to Jeremiah, as you're there and I'm getting there in Jeremiah chapter two. Notice what he says in chapter two, verse number 15. Jeremiah 2, 15. The young lions roared and yelled. They made land, uh, made his land waste. Verse 19, thine own wickedness. And he talks about the wickedness. Go to chapter 3, go proclaim, verse 12, these words to the north to say, return backsliding Israel. Verse 14, oh, return backsliding Israel. Verse number 15, I will give you pastors according to my heart. And notice what it says in chapter number 4, 
Verse number six, set the standard towards Zion. Retire not, stand. In other words, take a stand. You know, as I read through this book of Jeremiah, if you go to chapter, uh, chapter, uh, number, brother, uh, chapter number uh, seven, in chapter seven, the Bible says, yet they hearken not unto me. Verse 28, thou shalt say unto them, this is a nation that obeyeth not the voice of the Lord. What a sad day we live in today where Jeremiah was pleading and for 41 years he pled with them that they would not come back to God. And his friend Isaiah pled for 62 years and they would not come back, but they went into bondage. I, I know, and I'm not poor me, it's nothing. I'm poor me, nothing. I, I know what will come on the internet this week. I know. And I know people that will say things but I'm not responsible for what they say. I'm responsible for this crowd here. And the Bible calls me a pastor, which is a shepherd, and I'm to shepherd the flock. And I'm so tired of seeing our flock have a harling come in and begin to sift you for himself like wheat. We have KNVBC. You know as well as I, I'm not their pastor. And I want to do my best to push those listeners back to their pastor and to their church. There's so much here I need to say, but I think for the sake of time, I'm already 10 minutes over. I'm pleading with you this week to get a tight grip on something. Get a tight grip on your marriage and on your manhood and womanhood and on your family and on your kids and set a direction in your Sunday school class. Get a tight grip on that bus route. Get a tight grip on that youth group. Thank God for a great youth pastor and his wife to take a strong grip. And parents, you'd be very wise to support the grip that he's trying to get on these kids. Thank God for these men of God and the men of God in this room that assist and help. And thank God for the women of God. And thank God for the deacons. Don't come complaining to me about those 38 good men that pray and seek God and love God. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.